Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We are your hosts. Hey, y'all. Okay. Um, we're in a good mood today, clearly. Yes, we're in a good mood today. We are here in Suzanne Kassler's beautiful office on her third floor, and we are joined by Keith Arnold, her vice president, vice president of Suzanne Kassler Interiors. An old friend of ours. Hey, yes. Keith. You're That's not right. old. That's right. We all go way back Just at been this friends point. With us yes, for a while. and I am not old, and I like <laughs> it that this is being recorded so everyone will know that. Yes, you're not a liar. Perfect. Yeah, I'm not. You did just have a birthday. I, I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, did you? Oh, yeah, that was nice. Because I have a birthday this week, so you must be a Taurus, too. No, I'm Aries. I'm right <gasps> at the end. Oh, cuspy. I'm on the last day. <laughs> and I think I have traits of both. Yeah. But I'm mostly Aries. All right. Mm-hmm. Fine. I'll still try to like you. <laughs> no, I think we're supposed to get along well. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, my mom's a Taurus. I've always liked you. Yeah. See? <laughs> See? Yeah. So how long have you been with Suzanne? And what do you do? I have been with Suzanne for 15 years now. And I am, I do a little bit of everything, a lot of everything, actually. (laughs) I'm kind of involved (laughs) in all of it. I help with the product and the interior design and styling photo shoots, whatever we have happening, I'm involved. And Mm -hmm. I love it. And I have loved it for 15 years, really, which is remarkable. How did you guys come to know each other? I lived in Atlanta when I graduated college, and I worked at Neiman Marcus, which, as you can imagine, Suzanne went there, but that's not where I met her. <laughs> I, um, we had a common friend, someone I knew from Neiman Marcus, knew her, and we were introduced that way. So uh, I met Suzanne then, and then I moved to Los Angeles for six years, and when I came back, I was looking for a job, and she needed help, and that's just how it worked. Yeah. And that was sort of when she really started getting really big in the interior design world. Mm -hmm. I worked for uh, Martin Lawrence Bullard in Los Angeles, who also started like really succeeding at the same time. And I've always thought that it was interesting that they only have one thing in common and that's me. Oh, interesting. So, like so you're the golden to anybody. touch. I'm not saying that there's fact in that, but. <laughs> but you are. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I am. The timeline does line up. It does. Up. It does. <laughs> Can't dispute it. Mm-hmm. So previous to working with Martin Lawrence Bullard, did you have an, like, were you already in the design world or was that, like, how did you come to? So no, I had a degree in architecture from Auburn. I'm from mm-hmm. Alabama. And I, um, when I graduated, the economy was not great. And I had decided after five years of school, I didn't want to be an architect. So a friend of mine told me that I should be in uh, retail display and windows and that kind of stuff. And I thought, what a great career. That's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. So I uh, came to Atlanta and I went to every department store in Atlanta with a resume that I had typed up on like a typewriter, um, even though I'm not old. No, you're and not. I, um, <laughs> I took it to every store and every store told me no, that absolutely they would not hire me. I had no experience and I was not prepared for this. And then I went to Neiman Marcus last chance because I thought they would be the last ones to hire me and they hired me and I ended up working there five years and I loved it. And it was such a fun job. But after five years, nobody there was old. At that point, I was like the senior person. And I realized I needed to come up with a different plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I started working at Ainsworth Noah here, which is where Keith et cetera opened. And uh, uh, from there, moved to Los Angeles. And unless I moved from Los Angeles, I worked at an antique shop. 
And then I worked in a furniture factory and then I worked for Mark for a few years. That's a really good experience. Yeah. It was. Actually, everything I did really helped me for kind of all the stuff that I do now. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have a um, a disjunctured but uh, effective resume, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Furniture factory. Yeah. yeah. I never knew that. I worked for Nancy Corson and I worked in her factory. I mean, I was not carving furniture. You weren't? <laughs> no. I was oh. actually supposedly organizing things and assisting, which I was, it wasn't the best match that ever happened. But we're still friends. Were you like making displays out of things? <laughs> no, that's actually, if she had asked me to do that, I think it would have worked out much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of organizing uh, spreadsheets and computer, and that is not my forte. So at all. going from Martin to Suzanne, what was the kind of change in the aesthetic? If you would describe for our listeners their different aesthetics. Oh, so if you know anything about either one of them, they're. Do y'all, have, do y'all know both of them? Yeah. You only know Suzanne, I'm sure. Martin's aesthetic is much more... Um, a lot. Kind of retro glam, you'd say, mm-hmm. and a lot. There's a lot of pattern and a lot going on, and then Suzanne's is a lot more quiet. But what's funny, when you're working for... I mean, there's beauty in both of them. And then when you are working with somebody or you get used to a different aesthetic, I don't know it so much that you hate the other one, but you start sort of thinking in their language, and that's the way you mm-hmm. start turning how it goes. So the transition really went hard. It wasn't like I came in and showed Susanna green velvet sofa that had been custom made in a circle and she was absolutely not having it. It just naturally kind of flowed into it. All right. Maybe that's me. Maybe. Again. Yeah. I'm the key party there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is. What's your personal style in your house? Um, Hmm. That's kind of interesting. I think it looks more like a combination between Martin and Susanna. That totally makes sense because they probably had the most influence on me. And then I worked for Charles Pollock before when I first moved to Los Angeles. And maybe he had a little bit on there, too. And I think I got all of my Gardendale, Alabama out of me at that point. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Yeah. California did a good shake. It was yeah. a good shake. And I did not grow up in an aesthetically pleasing home, I don't think, either. So where did where do you think that came from? Yeah, did you, you have a lot of artistic? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have such a terrible plan for my life. When I went to college... I had no idea what I wanted to do. And somebody said, oh, you should go into architecture. And I said, oh, sure. Just like when I got my job at Neiman Marcus. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. I love buildings. And I did love buildings, but I thought that's all it took. But then when I started into it, I loved it. And I loved all the people in design. And I still love people in design. Well, I would imagine it serves you well. The floor planning, laying things out. I mean, it's a similar it brain function. It absolutely is, yeah. So. And you learn about space. Right. And how to understand it from looking at a plan and what that's going to feel like. Well, so that totally yeah. helps me all the time. A photo shoot or something like that, the way things are arranged, it all comes down to like the same thing as like if you're doing a building, it's all the same sort of concepts. I think. Right. In proportion. I, think. I remember our first project that we did in college. Again, I didn't even know I was in architecture school. So and last I had year. no art background. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is just a couple of years ago. I'm going to stop naming years on this. <laughs> we um, we had this um, project where we had to do these 15, 15 principles of design and we could do them out of ink drawings we could do them out of cut paper or we could do them three-dimensionally somehow it's been a while and i can't remember and um we were going to do them on six by six cards and then we had to present these cards the next day in our maybe this whatever presentation for the people at uh, our professors and i went home that night and worked on it and they were like one of them was like a um what were the concepts of design? I should know this. Shouldn't I? Linear, <laughs> or you could organize things. Chaos, we were just supposed to represent those abstractly on these papers. So I made 15 six-by-six cards and stacked them all up like a deck of cards and brought them into the 
uh, classroom the next morning. Well, everybody else in there had put theirs on boards. People had springs on the back of them. So some of them came out. Some had gone outside the six by six thing, which I would have never broken a rule. Mm -hmm. I mean, amazing things in there. I sat there with my little cards and looked really, really pitiful and sad. And a couple of people felt sorry for me and helped me kind of come up with something else but like I learned such a big lesson then that there's like so much more to it than just understanding that concept I guess you gotta know how you're presenting it to somebody else too Uh it was tough man what a failure I made a C (laughs) I made a C in that on that project but I turned it around it didn't scar you it didn't scar me nah (laughs) a little a little bit you think (laughs) does Suzanne let you help do you help her now with her presentations or no Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How we present stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You just bring a stack of six by six. <laughs> yes, that's all it takes. <laughs> no, I put it on springs. <laughs> I'm doing that kind of stuff. Well, I try. You it's a trap us. door, and then it pops out. Yes. And then, it's yeah, a then, jack in the box. Yeah, if you wow them, they don't They're notice stung. maybe content. <laughs> that's that's not true. That's well, not true. You have to have it all. When you're working with us at Ballard, because we always have to plan for the photo shoots, like what's going to be in the room? How's it going to look? We pick up, you know, we, I'm taking a lot of liberties, you and Suzanne pick every fabric and every chair and every prop uh-huh. and everything. But you're the one who's sitting there drawing on the floor plans, like for us. Yes, that's true. I have true. some on my desk right now from our holiday um, coming up. season that's coming mm-hmm. up that you had drawn out. So you're thinking, I would think for the two of you, you're thinking that way for y'all, like you're doing the floor plans and. Yes. And so I do that. And then she reacts to them. Mm-hmm. Then we collaborate on where the final thing's going to go, which right. you're saying that's pretty much how it works. Yes. Most I mean, you guys time. do work really well together. Often yeah. she'll be like, Keith, do we like this? It's <laughs> true. And you're then like, a lot of times she'll be like, we Keith, don't we like don't like, like this. And I, you're right. I didn't like it. I don't know what I was thinking. I knew it from the beginning. I didn't like it. <laughs> so you have a new venture that you yes. just launched yesterday. Yes, I do. I was going to show you a picture of it, but y'all can't see it. It's uh, we'll, put it on a, we'll put it on the yeah. podcast notes. Oh, that's so perfect. See yeah, it. I'll send you the pictures today. Great. Okay, yeah. Um, it is... And it's kind of a collaborative thing, too, but I'm the face of it. Um, it is a shop that is curated new and old and just things that we think are pretty that we think people need. Uh-huh. And the whole idea is it's kind of cash and carry, too. You can just go and grab it, and it'll look perfect in your home that night. Mm-hmm. And where is the shop? It is in Ainsworth, Noah. We're really targeting designers, I guess. It's in Ainsworth, Noah, which is a decorative showroom of furniture and fabrics at the Decorative Arts Center in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? The shop? Or, uh, oh, yeah, I was thinking shop. of Ainsworth Noah. Keith, etc. which came from, you know, we do a uh, quarterly sort of blog on our website, and I write an article every time, and you can go in the archives and see them all. It's um, <laughs> uh, to it. the sure. name of my article is called Keith, etc. Oh, have y'all read it? Did y'all I read have, it? No one knows. I've read, you've read it. it. Oh, yeah, yeah you yeah. commented on it one time to me. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's yeah, fun. and I give design tips or uh, talk about things in my life, depending. Depending. Yeah, sometimes a combination. <laughs> what are some design tips you feel like our listeners need to know? Yeah. Is there anything oh. we're doing wrong besides everything? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Just when you think you're doing everything wrong, somebody comes around, breaks the rules, and it looks mm-hmm. fabulous, and then we all start breaking the rule, and mm-hmm. then that rule changes. I don't know that there's anything that you can a blanket, a blanket statement that you can say would fix everybody's house. It just doesn't exist. I love to think that that's true, and I think we're all searching for that, but it's not out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, your firm, though, I feel like you guys stick to some things, like a limited palette, you know, things hmm. like that. Do you? 
See, Although I would imagine, I would imagine when color. people look at what we do, they think that, oh yeah, I can tell that Suzanne Kassler. I can tell that Suzanne Kassler. But all I see, because every house is different, every client is different, every place we work in is different. All I can see are all the differences in what we do. Like, oh, that doesn't look the same to me at all as that last house. But there have there has to be a running similarity that goes through it. And obviously, there's a lot of stuff we still like all the time. But um, you could say we do have a limited palette with punches of color, and that sort of runs through it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Because I always think of you, you guys, as as pastels or neutral. But when I go and look at your rooms, they're not. There's yeah, like orange not. or there's blue there is, or yeah. purple. We love color. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way y'all use color though because in you use it in like big swaths. Mm -hmm. Like it's like a solid linen that's like used on drapes and a set of chairs and it's it's not like tiny little accents. Yeah. It's used in mass but All sparingly, I guess, if that it makes is. sense. Yeah, that's funny. That's actually in Keith etc. I have a big What'd you say? Swath? Mm -hmm. A big swath. Is that of a saffron. word? I don't know. Am I yeah, just it's swath. S-W-A-T-H-E. I think it's swath. Swath. Oh. A big, I have a big swath <laughs> of saffron going down the wall. And I love it. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm oh. kind of obsessed with that color right now. What it's kind of what fair. kind of fabric is it? I bought it? blue jeans to match it. I did. <laughs> I are they yesterday. really blue jeans or are they jeans if they're not blue? Oh, that's I'm sorry, I bought saffron jeans. <laughs> are they <laughs> denim? <laughs> they are denim. <laughs> Denim doesn't always have to be Dungarees. blue. But we call them saffron blue jeans, I guess. Yeah. But they're not. Well, they're that's what like everybody in jeans. Atlanta calls any kind of carbonated anything Coke. It is, isn't it? Yes. yes it's not a soda. It's not no. a pop. It is Coke. It doesn't matter if it's Sprite or But that's beer. a Southeast thing. Is it? I, I think it's a Southeast thing, too. I don't know. I'm from Alabama, too. You are? Yeah. I never call it anything but Coke. No. If you hand me a Pepsi, I'm fine with it, but... Yeah, uh, but it, you'll although say. Although I prefer Coke, if I'm. Yeah, um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but you can be like, if you want a Coke, and that means would you like any kind of carbonated? Anything. And they say, yeah, exactly like a Sprite. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Are you, where are you from? I lived in Atlanta since I was ten. Okay, so, so but you wouldn't say pop. An Atlantan would, you? would not call me an Atlantan, but most yeah, other they, people they would. Me either. Um, yeah, I would say because I've lived here longer than I, I've lived I would, anywhere the else. The word pop would never come out of my mouth or me soda. <laughs> No. I don't even really know what pop is. That doesn't yeah. even make sense. No. No. Gross. Popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Pop art. Yeah. Sure. I don't like popcorn, but I'm not drinking it. Okay. So you're into sapphire right now. <laughs> Saffron. 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 Why did I say sapphire? Sapphire would be blue. It would. <laughs> that, those would be blue jeans. And I'm my hoping head. with my little shop. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I'm hoping with my little shop, I'm going to change. Like, I like saffron now, but maybe in six months, I'm going to like blush. Right. And maybe I'll change my jeans? swath. Mm -hmm. To blush, but riddle me and this, and then that might be reflected somewhere in the shop too. You go like first, that. Aaron, and then I'm, I have a question. I was going to say, is there some product right now that you are just like crushing over yourself? That saffron, or no, just in general, just, you're not in the world. The same way you're loving that color. See, so since I love that color, I'm attracted. You know, when you, it's funny when you like notice something, like you get a new car, and it is um, you never have seen a, I don't know. Let's say I got a Range Rover, mm -hmm. even though I didn't. Let's say. Let's say. And so you've noticed like one and you're like, oh, I really like that car. I'm going to get it. So then you buy a Range Rover and you drive down the street and you're like, well, there's one, there's one, uh -huh. there's one, there's mm -hmm. one. Uh -huh. So since I have developed this love for saffron lately, I feel like it's everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And maybe it's not, but I feel like you start seeing it then. So now like every product, I'm attracted to any product that's that color right now. Well, it is everywhere. Mm. I'll, it kind of is everywhere right now. You yeah. know, I think it started in fashion a few years ago maybe even like four or five years ago and it's really pushing now uh -huh. into home decor because you saw it on the red carpet a few years back 
Um, I remember us talking about it at the office, and I was like, that is never going to translate into yeah, how much think too so. strong. And here it is. Here we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, would y'all? how would y'all describe I would say it's like half orange, half yellow. Yeah, right? that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it's like, a very like warm, school bus yellow. Yeah. It, it, you yeah. know what? Talking about how you notice all the time, I was going down the road yesterday, and I looked at the yellow line on the street, and I was like, there that's kind of my color. <laughs> and I didn't know if everywhere. I ever liked it before. It is everywhere. <laughs> that's kind of my color. It kind of is. <laughs> I have to take a picture of me with my jeans. Uh, yeah, my saffron jeans. On. Yes. Laying on a strike. Road kill. Yeah. <laughs> so you're talking about like, okay, if I'm in love with saffron now, but six months from now, I might be in love with something else, another yes. color. How do you do that in your home? Like say you want to have your favorite color in your house. What do we do? Because You've got to change it up a little bit. But, but what do you do it with pillows? Maybe yeah, you like change what's things that are easy to change. The most practical way. The most practical thing I think would do is little, little touches. Maybe you bring in saffron flowers every week mm-hmm. or maybe you – change it with pillows or maybe you do napkins on your dining table when you're eating mm-hmm. and then you experience it that way. You could do it with little pieces of art. I don't know that you want to change giant pieces of art. Yeah, I agree. But also like how you notice it. So you might not think because saffron's not your color right now that you have any saffron anywhere, but you bring some <laughs> saffron flowers in and it'll pull out what you didn't notice your painting had in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if you have some books, maybe you put them on the you, top of the stack. Right. Yeah. Right. Actually, I did that in my house. Uh, you know, Louis Vuitton has that, almost that saffron color on their um, branding now. Mm-hmm which usually I hate when people rebrand, but I love what they did. Uh-huh. They have um, like three <laughs> saffron covered books that I love. Okay, what about like wrapping books? Is that too labor intensive? Because I feel like, oh, that'd be a super way, easy way for me to add a color to my whole bookshelf if I wrap all my books in there and add a color. Do you do that? Or is that just... I've never done that. Uh, I kind of like the idea of that, but then how do you know what books you have on the shelves? I know. And that seems like a lot of work. It's also like books you wouldn't read. It is. It'd be like if your kids just got out of the tween stage and they have a bunch of books, the Harry Potter series, for example. What do you do with all that? You know, they're nice books. You could wrap them and use them as accents. I just put all of mine in the little lending libraries in the neighborhood. I would never wrap books in mass Mm -hmm. but i could maybe do like three or four like if you were gonna do your mantle and you wanted it to all be cohesive you could do three or four books on the thing you know what i mean i did on my etagere in my dining room i did some books that i didn't care about and i don't Mm -hmm. read anymore all in like craft paper just because i really wanted to use them kind of as risers on the etagere to help me get some different heights for the things that are on there decanters or little mercury glass things or whatever so that they really are just kind of props and I've never even considered like changing the wrap, but um, but I wouldn't do my whole library. I wouldn't do my whole library either. And I never considered wrapping them as like a little riser thing, but I kind of like that idea. And I like the idea maybe if you did find a beautiful crafty paper that was saffron yeah. and you wanted it in there. Yeah. yeah. Or a beautiful marbleized something mm-hmm. on a trip or something. Because you can find really pretty stuff at flea markets. And, and, and if you go to like Florence, of course, like all their shops do marbleized Italian papers. And- Somebody was just, oh. Brian was just telling me that Saturday that there is a place in Florence where they do all that marbleized paper and you can wrap. Them. I could be all into that, especially if you told me it came from Florence. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Done. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Florence, Georgia is what we meant. Oh, yeah. so, oh sorry. Florence, it, Alabama. Actually, I, I take that back. Yeah, if somebody was hand making it in Florence, Georgia, I might still like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's handmade. Yeah. yeah it's I could handmade. still be into that. It is true. Because yeah. there is a lot going on in Florence, Alabama right now. There is, yes. Yeah. yeah. There's like a little. Um, kind of a whole art community yeah. there. And they're doing cool things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. anything handmade like that that yeah. has a story always is appealing, not just, you know, for the stranger who comes into your house, but for you when you're looking at it. You know, every time you look at it, you'll be like, oh, man, that's special. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel special. Mm-hmm. So tell us about more about Keith, et cetera, where the stuff came from, how you're oh, yeah. thinking about putting it together. Oh, yeah. so, and why? Why'd you do this? 
I didn't have enough to do apparently, mm-hmm. and I needed an outlet. <laughs> but you know, as a designer, you always just kind of collect things and you always have things. And I love things. And my house is full. I have a rule now, if something comes in, something has to go out. Mm-hmm. And it should be a rule where if something comes in, two things have to go out. But <laughs> I'm working on that. And so there's still so many things that I love to have or to buy and to shop, but I can't, there's nowhere for them. So I'm just using that and I guess my years of experience to curate a little place for people to go look at it. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a concept. Is that a concept? That's my concept. Yes. Yeah. A lot of so people I do, do little that vignettes of putting like stuff together and I'm going to try to change it and make it almost like a pop-up shop every six months so it all is fresh. And then I'd like the idea, talking about handmade things from Florence, Georgia, maybe I meet up with a potter and we collaborate on something and that's in the shop sometime. Or I find an artist that is going to be something I love that will be in there and framed and ready to go to in the next sort of incarnation of it. So I want to change it a lot. Right. But I'm only going to change it a lot, but every six months is my schedule to change it. So are you then constantly shopping? Well, see, I'm always constantly shopping anyway. So that actually could feed into it and help. Mm -hmm. So I could buy something for a client, for me, or for Keith, et cetera, all at the same time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I'm making the most of all my time. Yeah. Since since I'm shopping all the time, it works. Oh my gosh. It does sound Where are your favorite places to shop? Hmm. France. Yeah, France really is my favorite place to shop. I love everything about shopping there. I love how the people in France present everything. I love how when you buy it, how they'll wrap it up and hand it. Even a piece of chocolate is the best to do anything there. Even their junk shops are not junky. Because I guess just the flourish the French have. So absolutely, it's my favorite place. But I have stuff in Keith, et cetera, from High Point, North Carolina and London, too. Mm-hmm. But And it's stuff, and but it's mostly stuff from France. What about Atlanta? Do you shop in Atlanta? I do. We shop in Atlanta all the time. Um, there's all the showrooms here we shop at and every antique shop I think here I go in with some frequency. Mm-hmm. From the fancy ones to the not fancy ones. Do you ever go to Scott's? Yes. I go to Scott's probably six times a year. I don't go every every month, but I do probably go six but times a year. But every other month is still a lot. Still, it is still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I, it, that turns to work out good for me every every two months as opposed to every month. Right, keeps it, it keeps fresh. It, it keeps it fresher. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a lot of the same people, the same vendors. It is a lot of the same vendors, but if you find the vendors that you like and they They've always got they cool know stuff. what you want, they mm-hmm. always have cool stuff. Yeah. Well, we've talked about how you style a lot of Suzanne's photo shoots and y'all's projects. You mm-hmm. help on, the, on our photo shoots, styling and laying things out. But can you kind of help? I feel like our, our listeners do are always writing in with questions. And a lot of times they struggle with the styling of, you know, a console, bookshelf, coffee table. Coffee table. Mm-hmm. Are there any sort of, I know we, I know we talked about how rules are not really rules, but are yeah. there any things you keep in mind when you're styling that we could learn from? Yes. Oh, good. I do have one. When I, the first day I started working at Neiman Marcus, the lady that was my boss, Betty, told me to go into the gift section and rearrange all the shelves because they had all looked terrible and that Neiman Marcus used the pyramid rule. And I said, what is the pyramid rule? Because, of course, you don't learn that in high school or college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all, so let's say you have a shelf that's four feet long. So you would arrange all your, you'd stand back and look at it and you look at all the stuff that you had need to put on that. And at Neiman Marcus, they wanted to arrange it in a pyramid so that the highest point, everything worked towards the highest point. And it may be off center or it may be centered, but you do the low objects on the end, building all the way up to the highest point. Maybe a picture's propped in the middle and it all just steps down from there. 
And then uh, we arranged all the shelves like that in Neiman Marcus forever. And then now I always start that way. And then you can break it up later, but it does give you like kind of a good organizational something baseline to start from. Start with that structure and then tweak it a little. Yes. Okay. Or start with that structure and then on the fourth shelf, throw it off so it's not Uh, so arranged. So every shelf doesn't match. Now, you're not saying when I do my pyramid that the points like on the four shelves are on the same spot. They are not. It can be an angle. It's not a perfect. The highest What's the word? Um, All sides are equal on an equilateral triangle. But if you have a. (laughs) Unilateral. No. That sounds like a one angle triangle, which I don't (laughs) think exists. There's another thing. Anyway, if you have a short arm on one of them. I think isosceles has two, uh, I'm just two sides of the same too. But anyway, there's another kind of triangle. An off-center <laughs> pyramid. Yes, you wouldn't line it up. But there is a word. My mom is a geometry what did we teacher. All, oh, she is. You should know that. Karen's Googling it. I haven't had geometry in a really long time. I'm surprised I know what triangle was. An isosceles triangle, they, uh, yes, the side, two sides are the same. Okay. okay. Um, so that would put it in the middle, which... Could triangle be fine types. for one. Would it be an acute it. triangle? Is that something? That's the angles, um, though. Well, equilateral, they're all three are the same. Um, scalene is when length of all sides are different. There we go. Nobody would have come up with that. So it was a scaline triangle. Scal- I don't <laughs> even <laughs> like the word. <laughs> that does not sound like anything you want your shelves to look like, does it? All right, so scaline triangles. That's yeah. what we need to do. So or that's maybe the rule it's a I started with. It's a mix. and isosceles. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know it was going to be all, that But building to a point always seems to work. Okay. okay, so we were talking about your um, the Suzanne Castor lamp slips earlier mm-hmm. and how you sometimes struggle with trying to make them fresh look, again, look fresh. Yes, after ten years, do you arrange those <laughs> photo shoots in, in a triangle or yes. in a pyramid? Yeah, almost every time. If you look at all our little shots, I bet it absolutely goes into a triangle because Betty trained me that that's the way you do it, and I had <laughs> five years of it. So, I, like I said, I always start that way, and I might come back. But even when we do. Thinking about our last shoot with Ballard, we did them um, all down the center of a table and mixed flowers in the middle mm-hmm. of them, and the highest point was in the middle of the table. And that does always seem to work. Yeah, right. And it photographs the best way, too, because you see everything all rising up to that point. Yeah. If you did the big one in the front, you wouldn't see anything in the middle. Well, what about a coffee table? And is there any difference between doing it for a photo shoot versus in a home? I bet there is a lot of difference. There, I was constantly amazed the first time I ever worked on a photo shoot how it is all smoke and mirrors and i had no idea because you always think when you go in a room where you look at something it is perfect and you just take a picture but the camera angle twists things so generally if you look and everything's in the center of your coffee table and the picture it's probably pulled three feet three inches four inches forward and it looks like it's in the center okay so it doesn't always work that way because it's it looks like it's all lined up and it's not um is there and i don't know if i know of any rules to work to design a coffee table we didn't sell coffee tables at Neiman Marcus. Because I'm shelves of <laughs> but you're styling them in clients' homes. <laughs> I am. Uh, and it really depends on the coffee table and what stuff they have. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I agree, too. And like, sometimes they just tell you the, the, the objects, the sense, and I'm not spiritual. The objects tell you what to do with them. You mm-hmm. look at them and you play around with it. And when it feels right, you know. Mm-hmm. I had a class in college where we, um, it was a modern architecture class. And we spent two, it was a symposium. We did it at night. And we would pin up three sheets of white 
eight by uh, 10 by eight by 11 pieces of paper. And then we would experiment with putting lines on this piece of paper with pens, like lines of color, like they might be red, yellow, and blue, and you could make it thick or thin and you would pin them on there and decide what was the most harmonious, restful place for these lines to be. And then we would discuss them ad nauseum. And at the time, <laughs> oh God, I thought it was so kind of crazy. It is a little bit, but uh, there is a balance. And when it's right, you feel it. And that, I guess that's the same way art and everything is, you know, when that painting is balanced and what you're seeing is there, you feel it inside somehow. It speaks to your inner whatever. And even though a coffee table is not art, the same thing happens. Mm-hmm. And you know it when it feels right. And you know when it's not. So just keep fiddling. Just keep fiddling. Yeah. And it might take three days before you actually have exactly what's right. going to work. Or you and might have to buy I think, something like, else. Look around your room, too. Don't just be like, oh, it should be these three things. Like, look around. You might need something real big. Yeah. You know, and to balance with your little things or... And sometimes that's exactly what you need is something you don't think should go there. Right. Right. Let me ask you all about decorating a coffee table. Like, do you like lots of stuff on it? Do you not like lots of stuff on it? I feel like I really struggle with a coffee table because I feel like it's a very functional piece. Like, I need to put my feet down. Mm-hmm. I don't want to kick off some fancy something or other, like a hurricane or something. Uh-huh. I'm, I don't know. I just... Sometimes there's too much. Is it too tall? It's going to block your TV. Mm-hmm. But then you don't want nothing. You don't want nothing. I, I mean, it depends, I think, on the room. Like, right? Because if right. you're thinking of a room where you're going to sit and watch television, like I start in my room. I know you're the expert, but I decided to talk all over you. Uh, no, I love it that I'm an expert. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> well, there's things I would know I want to have there. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, Joe Mooney is constantly blowing his nose. So we have to have tissues. I like to have a candle, a place for the remotes, okay, and coasters. So these are things I know I want to have there. So the rest of the things that I have there are really just to kind of be a foil around them or to corral them. So I have a tray that, you know, the tissues go in and the candle, and then I have some other things in there to kind of fill that tray up so that looks pretty. And then I have another little something that holds my coasters in my uh, remotes. That makes sense. You know, That's logical. But my living room has no rules like that. I really just put things that I think are pretty out there, and I probably have too much. That's kind of what I do too. I put what's pretty out there, and I kind of I'm I'm though of the uh, too much is good rule. Mm-hmm. I like to do too much. I think though know, you're supposed to do what um, Coco Chanel said about accessories: look in the mirror and then take one or two off right uh-huh. before you walk out the door. I think that's probably the best thing to do for your coffee table. Right. Maybe you take two books off in a tissue box. I don't like tissue books on your coffee table. Well, it's my family room coffee. It's not my living oh, okay, room. Okay, that's all right. It's back where we yeah. watch TV. Okay. Can you yeah. keep it in a drawer? I, there is no drawer. Oh, okay. It's fine. It's a cute it's, tissue box. <laughs> I'm sure it is. It has like brass grommets. Yeah, Clinics mm-hmm. has started designing the outside of their boxes now, haven't they? Oh, I didn't know that. I'm just kidding. You don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. I like it that you have it in a cover. Oh, yeah. It has to be in a cover. I didn't know. I, when you said Kleenex box, I just got a little upset. No. Okay. No. It has to be encased <laughs> in something. I'm fine with it then. It's good. <laughs> You're very worried. Yeah. I don't we have all, a drawer. We all I was. Back. I know. Everybody's <laughs> like, I'm like, here. No. Kleenex box. Well, like Bunny Williams doesn't like the tall square Kleenex boxes. She only likes the low flat ones because they're less um, oh. obtrusive to the eye. Which She's is, right. Yeah. yeah. And that never occurred to me. But like, it's those little tiny details. Did you switch after Bunny said that? No, because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Because I liked my little thing with the brass grommets. <laughs> Just don't have Bunny over. You'll be fine. I know. Oh, now I have to cancel that dinner yes. party. <laughs> Are there some big things over the years you've learned, you've noticed that you've learned from Suzanne that you could share? I don't know. Yeah, Suzanne is all about restraint. 
Like she knows, I always tend to do too much. Actually, and you probably see that when we do our little drawings and then she's like, take that out, take that out and move that. She kind of has a really good balance or she knows what's balanced somehow. Like she would have done a lot better in my class with the lines on the piece of paper than I did. <laughs> a lot better. Um, and I do think I've learned that. I've, I've been trying to figure out though her um, brain for 15 years and I still don't have it all completely down. She still surprises me or comes up with something that I never would have thought she would have wanted. Mm -hmm. And she also knows like the right time to do the big things, like the big punch or the big whatever that's in there. Or when it's time to put a three foot round ball on the coffee table as opposed to nothing. You know, she knows how to do that somehow. Where do you think that comes from? Just does it come like you're talking I inside? Yeah, I think it's innate for some people. And then you learn a lot, too. And it's a combination of that is when it starts working. Mm -hmm. Have you pushed her? Yeah, I like to think so. Sure. Um, we well, might have to get her up here to ask that question, though. I wonder what she would say. Surely I have. <laughs> I think there's a single reason where. But I don't know. But I can't think of anything. How sad. <laughs> I might come back to that in a minute. All right. Is yeah. there anything that to this day you guys do not agree on, like the color purple or, you know, like something when you're signing That's, a room? We get in uh, arguments at the flower place with some frequency if we're ever going flower <laughs> shopping together. And because uh, she does, she has several okay. types of flowers that she does not like. What? A tulip. <gasps> Who doesn't like a tulip I besides Suzanne Castler? tulips. Well, I Even me too. Even a white tulip she doesn't yeah, like? Yeah, none of them. Uh, and I like how they move once you put them in a vase. Mm -hmm. I always think that's kind of, no, not at all. <laughs> so she does not like a tulip or a lily, but I'm with her on a lily. I don't like a lily either. Mm. Plus the pollen in those lilies yeah, is awful. It's just so they look they like a funeral. They smell really good though. They look like a do funeral. You, I think they, they smell like a funeral and look like a funeral to me. Because oh, I, I think of all the funerals I've been to with white <laughs> lilies on the casket. Yeah. yeah. I don't like them. And I don't like that smell either. I feel like I can't get enough oxygen when it's around me. Strong. Yeah, that and uh, paper whites at Christmas, I don't Those like either. Those are very strong. Yeah. Those are real strong. I don't like them at all. And they only I love look good how for they like look, 10 though. minutes. They look great. You know, then they start falling over. They well, you, yeah. You do that little bamboo thing though with those two. I know. Make them stand I tried up. still. Then yeah. I wrap them in twine. I'm doing all kinds of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't like how they smell, it's not worth the effort. I keep them in a room I'm not in. I just look at them as I walk by. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a good plan. Maybe you need to get one of those domes over them so they couldn't fall over and you couldn't smell them. Are they okay in a closhy thing? No, no, you idea. can't smell them. I, feel like I have them at all because they look pretty, and it looks they like Christmas look to me. Okay, you know what I mean. I look at them I'm like, oh, it's Christmas. But they're time. on Suzanne's note list. <laughs> yes, they are on Suzanne. Don't give her those for. She uh, hates a paper white. We totally have to give her that now. She doesn't have a paper white. I don't know if she even We're likes just amaryllis. Do an arrangement. But Lily is the only one I was willing to actually talk about. She does not like a uh, tulip. And what I said do you dislike? Because you are also an amazing flower ranger. I am not friends with a lot of the tropical plants and flowers. <laughs> I don't like them. Like I don't like a bird of paradise. Mm -hmm. When I was when I first got my um, first job at Neiman Marcus, I went into the um, uh, not Neiman Marcus. I'm sorry. When I left Neiman Marcus and started working at Ainsworth Noah, on the second day, the guy that owned it then called me into his office and he goes, "Well." You know, we've been unhappy with our florist here, and um, we think that um, since you have so much experience in flowers from Neiman's that you could just really turn the flowers around for us every week. So every Monday, we're going to need you to do an arrangement in the front of the store. And I said, sure, I'll do that. No big deal. I love it. 
So I went home that night and thought, oh my God, I don't even know what a daisy is. I have no idea what a flower is. I'm going to be fired next Monday so when this comes around. So you weren't doing flower arrangements at Neiman no, Marcus? No, we didn't do that. I, no, I, there was one person there who did it some, but we hired out for most of it. So I never touched a flower in my entire that's life. That's hysterical. But oh I did God, not want to awesome. lose my job or act like I didn't know how to do anything. So that was when um, there was no internet. Gosh. Yeah. Which is really upsetting. So I went to bookstores <laughs> that night and tried to look up floral arrangers and anything like how to arrange flowers. What is a <laughs> what's a daisy, whatever. What's a tulip. And I um, looked at this guy named Kenneth Turner, who was this florist and or floral arranger in Great Britain then. And he had he did these amazing, like sort of like wild things that were asymmetrical and messy. And he would weave all kinds of different flowers together. And I flipped through that book for hours. And the next Monday I went to the flower shop. And I had seen on a trip one time, somebody had put um, lemons in the bottom of a vase and they filled it with flowers this a long time ago, filled it with flowers and um, it looked really neat. So I got a giant vase, I filled it full of lemons and I bought all yellow flowers, all different kinds. And I stuck them all in the vase and it was all sloppy and messy, but unusual. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge hit. And from then on till now, people think I know how to arrange flowers. I had no idea and still had no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Now I have a lot of experience at not arranging them, but I had no idea what I was going to do. And people came up from every floor in that building to look at my lemon arrangement. Wow. I was an instant celebrity. But how did you top it? short-lived. How did you top it? Like the next week, you're like, okay, live. Oh, yes. Actually, I did. So I kept the fruit going for about a year, and it was always a hit. But then after a year, it started to fade. But after a year, I had enough experience where I could figure out a couple of other things. Wow. But they're still messy and not real. I still can't make anything symmetrical. But I don't kind of like that because that's not how flowers grow. So maybe that's not how I should look. Uh-huh. One thing Kenneth Turner said in his book that I read that <laughs> night in Desperation, he said you should never stick a flower in arrangement just one like if you're going to stick a rose in there, stick three together because that's how they would grow in a garden. Mm-hmm. So stick three in a pile here and then have your greenery come out in a little clump and do it more clumpy than arrangey. So mm-hmm. I still try to do that. And I like that. Yeah. I think it seems more natural and loose. It helps you go faster, too. It does help you, you go know? faster. Yeah. And then kind of at the end, if I think it's too perfect, I sort of shake it all up and make it look a little messy. Do you have so you know what? Maybe I house? taught Suzanne that because yeah, she didn't do that before uh-huh. I started doing it. So I got something. <laughs> there you yeah. go. There you go. I got something. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to ask you about arranging tulips because Mm-mm. I find them so difficult to arrange. They, you can't, I, I feel like I always see these beautiful tulip arrangements on Instagram or Pinterest or wherever. Mm-hmm. And they're all like perfectly draped over the side of some vase and they, but I can never get them to do that. And Caroline um, is an amazing flower arranger. Yeah, I way. can't get She's tulips today. That's hard. what I was saying, though. I like about tulips. I like how they do grow and don't look like that. I think it's prettier to me when they are loose. Uh-huh. The beauty of the flower is the flower. I don't know that I ever worry so much about what the arrangement looks like. Right. And it also comes back that when you're doing your coffee table, when you feel it, it just sort of balances out and you feel that it's right. Right. So I would not worry. I think that they're too perfect like that. They don't look like real flowers anymore, and I don't like True. it. True. True. I like it a little loose, so don't beat yourself up. Okay. You know what I did this weekend, you guys, with tulips? I'm glad I didn't have Suzanne over. Uh-huh. This was for Easter Sunday. <laughs> she would walk out the door. She would have a tissue box. Yeah, Between your tissue box and your flowers. I know. You this can't have anyone over. I'm savage over there. Oh. <laughs> well, I date? had, after I finished my arrangements for my tables, I always like to have like a little flower, tiny flower in the bathroom, mm-hmm. something in the bathroom. Um, 
And so I had like two little tulips left. And so I got little shot glasses that were clear. I have little pretty like antique ones, mm-hmm. you know. And I put moss <laughs> in the bottom, and then and so and then I had it like coming out the top a little, a little asymmetrically, like a little messy. And then I just stuck that tulip, and then one in each bathroom like that. It was so cute. You guys. Was there water in it? Yeah, I put water in them with okay. the moss. So it just sort of looked like this little foresty little thing yeah, with the tulip adorable. coming out yeah, the top. It was cute. so easy, even for yeah. a dummy like me. I'm bad with flowers. I'm, well. <laughs> I am too, truthfully. I well, just told y'all not. my whole secret. You're but, a celebrity, uh, and, and I and I embrace the messy. Yeah, that's what yeah. you got to do. I think. Yeah, embrace it. Did you ask if I had flowers in my house too? A yes, minute I ago? did. Do you keep flowers uh, in your house? Yes, I do. Almost all the time. I like them. I like green, big, bushy things too. Like I like to cut a tree limb off and stick it. Oh, uh huh. But you live in a condo. Where are you getting tree limbs? On the parking lot? Um. Yes, the park near my house. <laughs> oh, the park. Yes. <laughs> Trees grow back. They regenerate. <laughs> I'm actually sort of helping them grow in the right direction. I just do it at dusk. I don't, th- I don't think anybody cares. No one minds. Yeah. You're just actually pruning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out now, though. I'm the gardener. Person that don't sees mind me. me. I have felt funny walking up the street with a limb before, though, but I'll do it. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I like it. They will grow back. Pruning yeah, good yes, for the course. plants. That's yeah. right. They've been now, doing it since we domesticated them. Are you buying your flowers at a fancy flower shop or are you buying like Trader Joe's? Uh, I'll do both. I'll buy them at Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, or we have a wholesale flower place here. Yeah. Or I cut them out in the park. I won't cut flowers <laughs> down, but I will cut a limb down. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. Good so, to know what yes. your limits are. Yeah. We've already had a discussion. And on I'm this not podcast. going to my neighbor's yard or anything. We've had that discussion. Is it immoral to go into your neighbor's yard and cut flowers or and or branches? What was the verdict? Well, we decided. We decided that, against it. We okay, decided, decided that if you feel like you have to do it in secret, like you're doing with branches, yes. that you shouldn't be doing no, it. No, no, no. I didn't say I did it at dark. I do it at dusk. That's not entirely secret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> slightly. <laughs> secret. Yeah, that's slightly it's secret. It's a little risky. That's, Just, yeah. It's just, just a little immoral. Mm-hmm. It's not big. <laughs> I would cut like magnolia yeah, I would do leaves branches. off of a neighbor's giant magnolia tree. Yeah. yeah, I would do that too. You know, uh, obviously, I admitted it. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah, wouldn't even yeah. think about and it. And I've told Jack cut holly berries off my neighbor's bushes, but he doesn't. Y'all, this is the guy who has ivy covering his house. He doesn't care. <laughs> I can guarantee you, <laughs> you really are doing a service. I am helping to him. the neighborhood. I'm a you are. Yeah, I'm a giver. <laughs> I feel like we should answer this decorating dilemma. All right. The one today is from Karen. And not this Karen. Are you sure? <laughs> it might be. This is like an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> I live in a traditional house with a formal living room. The living room has two open doorways and another wall with windows. This room continues to be a thorn in my side when it comes to furniture arrangements. I am not in love with the furniture in here and want to replace it. Help me figure out how to place my furniture, maybe some ideas for things I should buy when we replace our current furniture. This room is rarely used, but it is right off our entryway, so everyone who comes in our house can see into it. All right, I think she needs to figure out how to use this room. Don't you? She I feel does. like every it's time we talk to a designer, they're like, why do you have rooms you don't live in? Figure out how you want to use it and then design around it. So is it going to be like an in, like an entertaining space where you entertain people when they come over? Or are you going to use it to like read right. at night or play games? She yeah. does have a piano in here. So maybe it's a music room. And it does look like it's actively used because there's sheet music out on a stand next to the piano. Yes. So true. there's looks like a little entry hall. You walk in. Windows are on your left. Piano is directly to your right. Um, 
across from the piano, I think, is a sofa and two chairs on its left, and then there's a, a sort of arched window in there. Yeah, that looks I mean, like goes window, into the dining room, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. window, I never know how to handle rooms where essentially the line, the like movement line is right diagonal. in the middle of the diagonal across the room. You how do you through it? Yeah. yeah. How do you handle it? Like, yeah, the room is the path. <laughs> right. Keith, I think you're going to have to help have us. To yeah, that's what path. I'm looking at. Um, furniture arrangement, she's not in love. I wonder if that is her pathway, though. Yeah. But, you know, if you have a piece of furniture, I think she's too worried about what her pathway may be. She's left such an open spot in the middle of the room, and her furniture's all around the perimeter. I think we need to think about putting something in the middle of the room. Mm -hmm. Or her furniture, maybe her two chairs are in the middle facing the sofa. And we have another little chair on the side of the sofa, and we move that table that is under the clock into the window and you console. put family pictures and a lamp on it because that would look pretty from the outside too and that would get more activity going in the middle of the room and then I might move the piano over to where the desk is mm. the desk being the console thing yeah I guess like the, where the, the console clock. thing is yeah it seems like that would be nice on that wall it does it and then like I said I think the console point. if it's not too tall in the window would be nice yeah and then it's going to give you more room to walk through because the piano's gone yep mm-hmm Mm -hmm. And then I think the arrangement of people to sit across from one another would be much better for entertaining, too. More pleasing. And then you'd have room for one more chair in there, too. Maybe and it's a small chair that has a pattern on it that you put next to the sofa. And I feel like she needs a rug to hold that sitting area together. Perfect. Don't you think? Yeah. Um, and that'd make the whole room feel warmer, too. Mm -hmm. And maybe she needs to think about how she's arranged her art. What if she did a big collection of all of it above the sofa? Instead of having like some little pieces scattered all over the room. Uh -huh. Right. Just do a large gallery with yeah. all that stuff. Now, if she moves the piano and she, so she moves the piano to the console wall, the console goes into the window. What should she put on the piano wall? Like, should she just put like a very large piece of art or an oversized mirror? Or does she need anything on that as far as furniture? I don't know that she needs furniture on it. I'd have to, she could, but I like the idea of a big piece of art. Mm-hmm. And if we hung a mirror, I would put it on the wall that we've now put the piano on to reflect the light back into the From room. From the window. Because the room looks a little across. bit dark to me. That's a great idea to put a mirror above the piano to reflect the window that it would yeah. be the opposite of. What about the furniture, though? Because she says she wants to replace it. So what should she should she do? A, furn or a sofa and two chairs and a coffee table? Just new pieces? Should she think differently entirely about you know what she needs? Like maybe the she scale needs four of the chairs. chair seems really large compared to the scale of the sofa to me. It does. The kinda... chairs look big and the sofa looks little. I would agree. And if I was going to look for a new style or a new something, maybe something a little more, con well, they are kind of contemporary, but maybe something a little more transitional would be better. So like a, maybe a narrower arm or like a more square, like. Not as many curves. Not as many curves. Smaller yeah. size. Yeah, like I feel like the back of the maybe she could do like one seat cushion and two back cushions on her sofa. Well, I think with the sofa being so curved and then the lines of the the arms of the chairs are so curved, it's like a lot one of, of them should be more linear. Uh, yes, either the chairs or the sofa. So you have that balance yin yang. So keep the sofa either curvy and then change your chairs to and more linear. Now they all have the same slope on them, even though they're different sort yeah. of scales. Right, the arms all slope the same. Yeah, we exactly. need to change that a little bit. Mm -hmm. That variety would help. 
Yeah. And that makes a room more inviting too. And I'm not sure what that basket thing is in the middle of the room at the end of the room with a blanket coming out of it. What is that? Might be a dog cat crate a dog or crate. dog crate. Oh, take that out of your living room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or get one of those cute covers. Or cutters. get a cute cover. A pretty yeah. little cover made and put something on top. Put like a tray on top with make it like a, <laughs> a table. Like disguise it a little. Just yeah. If mm-hmm. it's got to stay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. You could even make it a little end table maybe somehow that could be cute. Right. And they do sell those now, you guys. I don't know if you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I have a friend that put the cover over it with the tray on top, and it looks like an end table. You yeah. know, now that I think about it, I think Alexa Hampton did one for her. Like something with a, a little integrated yeah, dog Yeah, I feel like bed. I saw it on her website one mm-hmm. time. And it was like, let, and the little dog could go in the front. It was actually really cute. Yeah. And look, her little dog's in the picture, too. Yeah, she's yes. a cute little dog. Yeah. Is that a dog or a cat? <laughs> I, don't actually, think I, don't I think it's a Shih Tzu. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's a kind dog. of a cat dog. How can you tell it's <laughs> so a shit You can tell by the yeah. second photo with the oh, piano. You can see his little face. face. Oh, he's oh, yeah. Cute. yeah. He the is the cute. first photo does look like a cat. <laughs> it also looks like they drop a lot of mail or something right here on this console, maybe because this is where the front door is. And you need to come up with a solution for that, Karen, so you're not looking at it. It's going to make you feel better to not see that. So if you have like a little closed cabinet somewhere you know you just don't want to have to look at that all the time you it, don't. it exists in the world we know it exists but you know find a closed solution maybe a little square basket that you put it all in every yeah day. yeah and you will feel more in control of things when you feel like that is cleaned up yeah it's weird how that works in your uh-huh. brain but it does yeah it's a nice big room nice bones all right cool Good luck, Karen. Good luck, Karen. My name is some good tips. <laughs> All right, Keith, tell everyone where they can find you, visit your shop, follow you on Instagram, all that oh. good stuff. <laughs> they can find me all those, but you know what's funny? I've yeah. got to go to Instagram to see how to find me. Hold on. <laughs> I think it's Keith Arnold. I think it's Keith Harris Arnold, isn't it? Maybe. That sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. I, do. I know it's I Keith you. Harris Arnold on it Instagram. It is. It's Keith Harris Arnold on Instagram. Also, we have Keith Etc. on Instagram. Oh, I did oh. not know that. And it's Keith dot et cetera. And A-T-C. you can see Saffron right there on the logo. Oh, yeah. The stripe. Keith dot ETC. All right. Keith dot ETC. Yeah. The stripe is there. That's cute. I love that little stripe right through that. I know. Isn't it great? And look at that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Not that I'm good. tooting my own horn, but this looks good. It does look it good. Looks good. Did and you then, like your own posts? <laughs> I did. You know, it's funny if you have two Instagram things, you can toggle between the two, and I like both. I like myself on both of them. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> In real life, I have a lot of issues with myself, but on Instagram, I love me. <laughs> look at that heart right there. There you go. I, okay, on this shot of the um, with the saffron wall, it's like the first on your Instagram right now. Yeah. I love that you didn't do it off centered. I mean, I love that it is off-centered, not centered. Uh, yes, it's off-centered it looks, on purpose. It just, it just I hate to go so back pretty. to that class with the lines, but it just felt right that it's yeah. where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it I wanted the whole thing to be off-centered. Sometimes that's a better a better arrangement. I feel like people could get some really good styling tips just from going through the, sh- the photos of your shop because Agreed. it really illustrates kind of what, what we've talked about. So Thank you. Yeah. Actually, I'm just thinking that is a pyramid. It's uh but you're it's right. a scaly pyramid. What was it called? Scalene. Yeah, scalene. That's right. Because you're looking, yeah, he's looking at a console in his Instagram. You guys go look at it. It's like a console. It has a, a, you know, an olive jar or something with some branches and yep. some accessories. And the, the branches are the top of the pyramid. They are. Yeah. yeah. Even the whole thing really is. Yeah. And then the, there's a bigger pyramid outside with the Yeah, the whole shot goes that way. Mm-hmm. It's funny. They had a little how-to video or uh, when I worked at Neiman's. I'm sure they don't do this anymore. And it would have like this and it would have a dotted in pyramid. So you could... 
really yeah. see how it went. But it was VHS, Like a body right? outline from the police. Yeah. <laughs> VHS. Nice. That's you're mean. Young. <laughs> it was a you DVD. You were the one saying that, I know, that, I that you did your resume on a typewriter. <laughs> Beta. How upsetting. Actually, I think I paid somebody to do it on the typewriter for me. Even more so. Wow. I couldn't even do it. Fancy pants. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. And of course, send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. We will answer it on a future episode. Uh, Find all the show notes. We'll link to Keith's um, Instagram and everything we've talked about on the episode. We'll link to it right in the show notes, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. Follow us on social media, Ballard Designs, and um, go into your Amazon and enable your Alexa skill so that you can listen to the How to Decorate podcast from your Alexa. You got it. Yeah. Great job, Carol. Yes. <laughs> finally got it. Uh, until next time. Happy, happy decorating. decorating.